hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kevin West. To order or download additional resources, please visit kevinwest.org. Joshua chapter 5, beginning in verse 8. You want to come on up here and get ready? And it came to pass when they had finished circumcising all the people. Today we're going to talk about circumcision. <laughs> that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal till this day. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. Listen to this. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover. Unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So the man said, no, but as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, look at this, take your sandal off your feet, off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Verse, chapter six, go to verse 16. Chapter six, verse 16. And the seventh time it happened, when the priests blew the trumpets, that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord God has given you the city. Take off your shoe, your sandal, there's holy ground. And on the seventh time they shouted, and Joshua said, the Lord God has given you the city. This song kind of prompted in my heart this morning, and we'll have her sing it, and then I'm gonna preach for about 15 minutes on what you used to eat, you can't eat anymore because only a holy person can take the city and God made you holy. And as I walked through the door, I sensed his presence. And I this was the place where love abounds. For this is the temple, Jehovah God abides in. 
So for 40 years, the children of Israel were traveling from Egypt through the wilderness, getting ready to cross over to a place that their hearts had longed for. Their people have talked about for 40 years, 
They had heard about it from Moses, their leader, that we're going into a place that we've never gone before. There is an opportunity, there's a land that flows with milk and honey, there's a, 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 a plant of promise. Over on that other side is a place that's gonna give your heart peace and rest. It doesn't mean it's gonna be easy, but it's gonna be a place which your heart is already prepared and built for. For 40 years, they traveled in that wilderness. God gave them manna. Manna was bread from heaven, literal bread from heaven that fell from heaven and it fed them every morning. And they would walk out every morning and pick up this bread, this, this toast, if you will, from heaven, wafers, they would eat it. It would be enough for them every day. For 40 years, they never starved. Their, their shoes would not wear out. At the end of chapter five, Moses had just passed away. Joshua had just taken him across the wilderness into that promise or the, 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 the Jordan River over into this place and they're now on the banks of ready to inherit and go in and take everything that has been promised to them. Now this generation wasn't born in Egypt and the generation that was born in Egypt had all passed away. The men of war had all died. Now this next generation that really heard the stories about Egypt but had never lived in Egypt was a different kind of breed. This group believed there was something on the other side of that Jordan River worth fighting for. They had a leader named Joshua, 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 which is salvation, which is where the name Jesus comes from. He's a guy that is a, a fear, fearless leader that says, I'm going to bring this generation of people into all that's promised. So he looks at all the people. He circumcises the guys. He lets them heal. And he says, guys, we've crossed over the Jordan River. We're not in the wilderness anymore. The reproach of Egypt has rolled off of us. You're not in sin anymore. You're not in the world system anymore. The only thing that stands between us and all these promises is how we see it and how we go after it. It's not the Egyptians, it's not the wilderness experience, it's how we see it. For 40 years, they were traveling and sojourning, trying to figure out how to get there. Prior to that, they were over there running from, trying to get out of. See, once you come up out of the world system and sin and you get saved, you get born again, you're not, all, you're not trying to get out of anything anymore. Once you've come out of the world, out of the system of sin, you now are going into those promises that God has for you. But two things God had to tell Joshua to do after they circumcised him and let him heal. The Bible says as soon as they crossed over the Jordan River, they ate of the fruit and tasted of the fruit. King James says the corn of that land. When they had a taste of the land. Now keep in mind, they've had manna for 40 years that God prepared. Every morning they came out and just had this supernatural provision that came from heaven. They had their shoes that never wore out. But God says to them, Moses, Joshua, you guys have just eaten of this land and the day they eat of the land, 
the manna ceased. What you ate in the last season will not be your sustenance in this season. Day old revelation is wonderful, but you better have a preceding word that comes out of the mouth of God today. It's wonderful to have an incredible testimony. It's great to know what God has done for you. But God says, I'm an ever-present God, not just a God of your past. I brought you out. We need to remember those things and bring those memorial stones forward. And it's incredible what I've done for you. But if I quit giving you new testimonies and new stories and your revelation isn't current, you'll resort back to the way it used to be and you'll miss the things that I have for you now. So the manna dried up. So the way they were fed in the transition was not gonna be the way they were fed in the new season. And he says to Joshua, Joshua sees a supernatural commander of the host. So what happened? Manna ceased, when I say manna ceased, it means the old system that fed you won't feed you in the new way. When you begin to eat of the new, drink of the new, you will also begin to see in things you've never seen before. Joshua saw an angel of the Lord, a host of the commander of the, of the army of the Lord. And he looks at him and says, How are you? he wasn't sure what he saw, but he saw something. Are you for us or are you against us? The angel of the Lord said, commander of the host said, I'm, host, I'm for you. We're, we, we are on your side, Joshua, basically. And then he looks at him and he says, what am I, what, you know, what, what do I have a word from the Lord? What do I, I need some direction here. And he says, Joshua, take off the shoes or the sandals because you're standing on holy ground. See, Moses had that experience and was standing on holy ground. Joshua had an experience that was telling him now this land of promise is holy ground. Don't get so caught up in making the ground sacred. Just know the God that's holy is making everything that sole of your feet touches sacred. It's okay to dream. See, Joshua was told he had a promise. Everywhere the sole of your foot touches, you'll have that land. Everywhere the sole of your foot touches. What was God telling Joshua? Joshua, this is a reminder. You're into a new season of your life. Things are different than they used to be. Let me remind you, Joshua, that I told you you had a promise. Everywhere the sole of your feet touches, I'll give you. And the ground that you're standing on is holy. What made it holy? Was it because of the ground? No, it was the fact that Joshua's feet was soles, the feet were standing on it. What's he telling you to do? What are you still trying to eat from and sustaining you in your life when God has brought you into this new place, this new season, this new outlook? And he says, it's all for you. What are you gonna do? Do you resort back to the old way because that's all we know? I got news for you. The old way dries up when you enter a new season, just like the manna ceased. When you have a taste and see that the Lord is good in your 
next season, you won't want what you used to have. What's he telling you? What's he telling you? You crossed over. You can't go back. You'll not enter into your next season of your life, which you have already crossed over into, and still try to feed on the way you used to feed. See, in the wilderness, it was, God help me, God help me, God help me. And every morning they would, God help him. But when they crossed over, it went from, thank you, Lord, and let's just standing here idle running around this same mountain to where God said, your feet are blessed, the ground I've blessed, now go. When you cross over into his place in your life, it's not a time to sit down. It's a time to go forward. It's a time to move faster than you've ever moved with a sense of urgency. You don't enter into the land of promise into a season of your life and into a, a phase of life where you can sit down and we've, we've all arrived here and now I'm here. You enter into that season of life to begin. That's not where you end. Is that making sense? You, you've crossed over to a place where now God looks at you and says, there's nothing impossible to you that believe. Some of you needed that wilderness experience. In fact, all of us needed it. It was a place where some stuff just had to die in you. Some thought processes. The way we saw some things. Some religion that had been bound up. And now that we've crossed over into this place of God wants to heal, God wants to deliver, God wants to set free, God wants to move into areas of your life, he wants you to financially bless, he wants you in areas of your life that you never thought would ever happen, you can't go back over here and try to bring forward the things that drew you in that season. Let me give you an example. Over here in the wilderness is when you consume. In the promised land, you produce. Here you need prayed for so you can receive it. Over there, you're prayed for to receive it so you can give it away. Here you are the end of the blessing. The manna stops with you. Over there, the land and the fruit, the fruit that's on that land begins with you. Right? So when you cross over into a new season of your life, and I'm gonna tell you what that season looks like in just a second, but as you cross over into that new place, you're looking back going, over here is when all my other, over here are the customers that I had were just faithful and good. Over here, we just lived a real healthy, good life and the family was good. Over here, things were just, you know, I was able to do what I needed to do. And over here, you learned how to manage here. But God thrusts you out of your comfort area or even your discomfort area. He thrusts you, not because of something that you did, because something that he's doing. 
Moses had died and Joshua had raised on the scene. A new voice had come into the people that was gonna lead them to something their hearts desire. Things had to die off so the new generation of people could come in. It wasn't a new generation, just an age. What I'm talking to you today is a new generation of thinking. It doesn't matter how old you are, it's how you think. It's how you see it. If you're sitting here thinking the way, well, we could just have some good old days. We want, I appreciate the good old days. Thank God for those glory days. But if the glory days were where it ended, we would still be building shrines and temples for the glory days. But that's not where we are. We take the living stones that they did here in Joshua chapter one, two, and three, and four. They took those memorial stones. He buried them in the Jordan River. But when they crossed over, they left those memory stones for the next people in the generation to look at them and say, that's where God brought us from. It became a part of their posterity, but it certainly wasn't the only place that they landed. It was now a beginning of a new chapter of life. Here's what's taken place. When Jesus came 2,000 years ago, the church started out very progressive, very fast forward, very moving, full of life and full of energy. Over the course of the last couple of thousand years, we've had lots of ups and downs. But where we are today is the Lord is giving a fresh breath of revelation and unction into his body. Kind of like a resuscitation. And you are a part of that body. And he's bringing you to a place to where the promises of the Lord are very true. But the hurts and pains that we've had in our past, and sometimes in our very present, we still carry those things, and you think you're unworthy because you're trying to figure out how to get rid of all your stuff before you cross over into the land of promise. I got news for you. You'll never get rid of your stuff to cross over. You cross over to get rid of your stuff. Right? You'll never quit sinning to receive grace. You receive grace and it stops that sin effect in your life, right? You'll never be holy by examining yourself. You become holy, then you examine yourself. Be ye holy for I am holy. That's not for you to compare yourself to him. That's a statement of fact. You're holy because he is holy. That's not something I'm attaining to, striving for, I'm there. You mean to tell me you're holy but you don't do holy things? No, not some of the stuff I'm doing, I probably are not holy, but I tell you one thing, it doesn't change who you made me to be. Because my identity is in him, not in myself. Ernie just said it. You see what I'm saying? So here's what happened. So this whole generation of people had to go through a circumcision of the flesh. They had to look at their flesh and realize, hey, this thing has to be cut. Now we're not under the circumcision of the old, we're now circumcised by the cutting of the flesh of the heart. So when you give your heart to Jesus, and Jesus has already given his heart to you, and the first thing you do is believe that he gave his heart to you. When you believe that he gave his heart to you, you just accept his heart for you. He forgave your sins, I believe that. Something begins to take place in your life that you once were dead are now alive. You once were asleep, but now you're awake. The reality of him living inside of you has to become real. You're not trying to attain him, you have him. 
right? The moment that takes place, you have left Egypt. You're now in the wilderness process of your mind being transformed. Because the Bible says in Joshua, the men of war, that older generation, that doubted, died off. The warring members of your mind have to die off in that wilderness. What am I saying? The, the, your dependency on your flesh to get you out of what your flesh got you into has to die off. David got his flesh under subjection. That won't work for you. I gotta get my flesh under You're not dealing with flesh and blood. With spiritual and wickedness in high places, right? Principalities and powers of the air, wickedness in high places. Up here is what you're dealing with. So your wilderness experience is this journey from when you got saved, born again, to you really are really walking in the fullness of the promises that he has for you. And somebody told you that you'll never walk into those things until you get to heaven. I'm telling you, those promises are not just for heaven, they're for today. The first thing you have to die out to is the, and the old manna. The old manna says, one day I'll get there. The, land, the, the fruit of the land says, today is the day of salvation. Can you believe, can you discard? See, you've got to eat the fruit of the land because the man is not there anymore. If you think, how many of you have been saved, born again, give your heart to God, here's what happens. You're walking with the Lord and you find yourself at that place where you're not where you wanna be, but you thank God you're not where you used to be and you're right in the middle and all these things sound good to you, but disappointment hits you right here. And when disappointment hits you right here, if you have not attained what you know it's a promise, and it hasn't been fulfilled yet, and you're stuck right here in the middle, we have a tendency to resort back to the old ways we did things, to fix them, right? Our plans were pretty good because at least we survived in the wilderness, right? You're not supposed to survive in the land of promise. You thrive, you progress, you flourish in the land of promise. Can you believe that in your heart, that it's God's will for you to be prosperous and in health, even as your soul prospers. That's a scripture. Now, if we think that's only when we get to heaven, you'll forfeit what he has for you today and you'll shortchange his death, burial, and resurrection and limits it only to when you go to the other side. You following this? So he says to them, cut the flesh. The fleshly ways have to go, right? In other words, you're not gonna rely on flesh anymore. When you crossed over the Jordan, you got through the wilderness, your mind has been spinning out of control, now you've gotta to learn to live in the spirit. Crossing over the Jordan is going from living in the flesh to living in the spirit. Over in the spirit requires a different kind of food. Number one, you can't rely on the flesh. Number two, you can't rely on the old manipulative ways that we do things. Make sense? You can't work, it's not gonna be your church attendance or your church Bible study that's gonna give you enough points that God gets rewards for you. 
That's wilderness. Over here is when you're relying on your human effort for God to bless you. Over there, you're already holy ground because he made you holy ground. In the spirit is a whole lot different than living over here in the wilderness. Here, the jury's still out if you're ever gonna make it. Over there, you've already made it. Now you gotta attain it. Possess it. What's it look like? It looks different for everybody. But the thing that's practical that you have to understand, we have to let go of the fact that the old way of doing it will work in the new season. It won't. If I could just get back to the where I was, how many of us say that? And if I could just get back to the way I was, if I could just, it worked back then, I don't know why it's not working today, right? Your season has changed. Your life has moved forward. There's people that I know that would prophesy and preach during the day, and now all of a sudden it's dried up for them. And they go, God, why isn't those opportunities coming? Why, do, why can't I feel you like I used to feel you, the Lord? Why can't? And the first thing they do is start evaluating all themselves. Oh my God, no, that's not the way. You don't, you don't have to sit and evaluate yourself like something's wrong with you. Come out of the wilderness and partake of the stuff in front of you. Right? What do, I, what do you say? They ate of the land, the fruit of the land, as soon as they crossed over on the other side. I'm gonna tell you two things before I get to 16, and I don't think I'll get there today. I'll get there next week. But I'll tell you two things. Number one, when you eat the fruit of the land means you eat what's in front of you. You serve what's opportunity that's presented to you. You pray for the one that's sick in front of you. You give to the one that you need to give in front of you. You, right? Because you're gonna look for manna and it won't be there. You're gonna look for an old way that's gonna sustain you and it won't be there. It's gonna be a new way of sustaining. They asked me to go deliver groceries for that older lady. I didn't really want to, but they asked me to. That's the fruit of the land in front of you. But I'm, you don't understand, I've prophesied and I've, I've had words of knowledge and words of, I mean, I've, been, I've done all that you know, I've, kind of, I've already kind of grew past all of that. No. That's the opportunity that's in front of you. Eat the land, fruit of the land. Man, I remember when I gave away three cars over the course of 10 years. I'm looking for that great opportunity to give those three. I just look at that. I'm looking for that opportunity. No. What's the opportunity in front of you now? Man, if I had, I'm looking for that big contract, that huge contract. I know it's out there somewhere. What about the one that's right in front of you that's real small that doesn't look like it means anything? But you don't understand. I have a big deficit and that little thing won't fill the big deficit. No, if you see that big little, def, little thing as your main source, you'll see your deficit bigger than your little thing. 
as long as you're comparing this to manna, you're still in the old season. I can't, I can't, I can't, I just can't do it. I don't have much, I don't have, I've got two kids now and I don't have any time, I don't have any energy. I just don't have time to do what I need to, do you have five minutes that's presented you? I don't have the week like I, I used to be able to give eight hours. Do you have five minutes? Here's the thing, you don't have to go looking for them. They will present themselves to you. Ernie raised a guy from the dead. The minute he quits praying for a headache and looks for people that are dead, he went back to the wilderness. Did you hear what I just said? Because the, the headache will present itself to him and if he's faithful with the headache, he'll be faithful with the dead. If you're faithful with the $5, you'll be faithful with 50. If you're faithful with five minutes, you'll be faithful with two hours. If he can trust you to pray for somebody that's, that's nauseous, he can trust you to pray with somebody that's got cancer. If you're looking for the home run, you're still in the manna. But if you'll take what's presented to you in the land of promise, you'll eat the good of the land. We're trying to take giant steps. When he just said, look at your feet, you're already on holy ground, right here. Right where you are is everything you need to progress to the next season of your life. Everything is right in front of you. But there's such, and if you, if you see what's in front of you, not the answer for your total solution, you're looking at your deficit and your shortcomings and not for what he's given you. And you're spitting in the face of the small blessing because it's not worthy of what you really want to happen in your life. And can I tell you what those blessings are? Smell them. Smell them. I'm not talking about burgers and hot dogs. I'm talking about somebody that's tormented in their mind. Oh God, I, can, I, I smell confusion. I can pray for peace. I smell, first, I smell sickness. I heard about somebody. I can pray for healing. Right. I see somebody discouraged. I am a word of encouragement. That person needed $500. I don't have $500. I got a dollar and a half. Right? You see what I'm talking about? How do we make it practical? Do what's asked of you Today, this moment, promotion is of the Lord. Quit looking for the home run. I told Caden this, this past week, we're sitting there and he's going, man, he goes, I think I can hit one out of this field. I said, listen, you struck out twice. I just need a single. <laughs> Make contact. Right? Make contact. Church, Every morning you wake up, you're in the batter's box. Make contact. You don't, have to, you don't have to tell the pitcher to pitch the ball. 
because God's pitching it to you already. The question is, are you gonna stand there with the bat on your shoulders, hoping to walk, or are you gonna make contact? I, I promise you, this summer is gonna be a summer that's going to prepare us for the little things so we can handle the big things. Why? You'll see this next week, I can't do this now. But in Joshua chapter six, the Lord looks at Joshua after this first experience in, in Jericho. And I'm gonna talk about this. This is incredible. He looked at, the Lord says, shout. Joshua says, shout everybody, because the Lord has given you the city. And we think it's when we come in here and shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph, yeah. And those are wonderful moments. But it's not, we can't go back to the manna because you're looking for something that's not there anymore. And you can't rely on the flesh because it's already been circumcised in your heart. It won't satisfy. It won't produce. Used to you could work your angle. Can't work your angle anymore. Why? Because your heart's too pure. It'll conflict with your heart. Yeah, but I know how to work that. I can call it God and work my angle. I know how to do that. You can for about two or three minutes. But what happens is the Lord begins to dry up that old angle. Yeah. And what used to work won't work anymore. Yeah. So you can cry, stamp your feet, throw a tantrum, whatever you want to do. But it's not going to change of where he's brought you to and the promises that he has set aside for your life. It's the best time. I say this about every week. I am not joking. If I, we're, just, we're wanting to make disciples and discipleship is like a, you know, disciplines, right? Making life practical. But if we turn it into just a program, what have we done? See, you're supposed to invent things and make new records of things, recordings of things. I'm talking about records of your job, your company, whatever, just blowing things wide open and we're still trying to do manna. It's your flesh. It's your food. It's how you see yourself. Oh, man, if you only knew. I can't afford you get to heaven one day. And you get up there and see all your loved ones that have gone before you. And you're up there going, my God. And they come to you and say, Sean, man, I've been up here pulling for you. He told me what he had stored up for you down there. Bill, he's got it all laid out for you down there. Uh, don't come up here and go, oh, you mean to tell me that was available there? Yeah, it's available there. Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard the things that God has stored up for you. Man, if I could just get that company 
If I could just get it to break even, just break it. Nah, it's manna. But I got to get it to break it even before I get it profitable. Really? Who said that? That's just all we've known in the past. Man, I know he's called to preach, but he's been drinking for a long time, man. He just, he just won't get off the sauce. What happens if he gets off the sauce and into preaching all at the same time? And never went to seminary. What are you gonna do about that? What are you gonna do when she's out here on drugs? Something wraps around her, opens her eyes. She goes from Egypt to wilderness in the promised land all in a matter of a sweep second. And something inside of hers just changed. And you keep living life like, this is too good to be true. I, you're just waiting for her to mess up because what she's messed up a dozen times before. What if this is the time she don't mess up? What if this is it really? What if, I've, you know, but I've, I've started five businesses and they've, they've, they've just all failed. What if the sixth one is the one? I've, my dad rented, my grandpa rented, we rent. I've got a real nice house, so rent. God says, rent is wonderful if that's where you want to stay. What if you're the first one in your family to graduate college or get your master's degree or high school? What if, what if you're the first one? Why don't you trailblaze rather than looking for somebody in front of you that set the path? See, the wilderness was around and around and around. There were footsteps already in front of them. But when they crossed over to the land of promise, that's why he told him, take off those sandals. You're standing on holy ground. Your feet are holy. So is the ground you're walking on. Why? Because you're going to trailblaze. You're pioneering. You're going places that nobody's gone before, but it's been in their heart to go. You're, 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 things are gonna part for you that you didn't know how to even part. The Lord is doing that in this season that we're in, guys. And you've been alive today to see it, to live in it, to set the part. So somebody behind you can go, man, I'm glad I didn't have to do all they did to get there. What are you gonna leave behind? It's time to trailblaze. It's time to pioneer. You've crossed over. What's it look like practically? Oh, we're gonna talk about it all summer long. You're gonna be able to walk. Some of you that are so backward and introverted, you're gonna pray for, for, for people that you never thought you'd ever pray for. You're gonna be so bold. See, the lamb at the cross was meek, but the lion that resurrected from the grave roars. We have been churched for 2,000 years as the lamb, but we have not been roaring like the lion of the tribe of Judah. And guess what the time and the season is? It's time to roar. Stand to your feet.
going to be a good summer. It's going to be a good summer. It really is. You're going to catch a breath while you're running. Right? What you're going to find is the only thing that's going to give you true rest is doing those little things that are in front of you. Because it does something to your heart that gives you a second breath, a wind. Now here, real quickly, this is the Lord just dropped this in my heart and I'm gonna close because they're waving at me back there. I gotta tell you this though. If you've got a situation with somebody that's in your family or friend or somebody that's just like it's, you're at odds with, it's just not there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna encourage you to do something. Get those little things out of the way because you got much bigger things to accomplish, right? Don't let that thing get clips, all these promises that God has for you. And I know what people tell you, if you've got unforgiveness in your heart, it will kill you. Can I tell you why it'll kill you? Just because it stops you from moving forward. Unforgiveness is not that powerful. You guys don't believe me. You think unforgiveness is more powerful than the grace of God? There's no way. If it was unforgiveness is more powerful than the grace of God, let's serve unforgiveness. I opened it up and then I can't close it now. You hear what I'm telling? We got way too much confidence in the things that we fear than the things that we should have faith in. Yes, they have power, but it's not more powerful than the promises that God has for you. That's why you move those things out of the way because they're in the way of the big picture. I can't do it today. You gotta come back and get free. Father, in Jesus' name, as we walk out of this place today and we enjoy this festivities and just the fellowship today, let there be a joy, every burden of heaviness, let it be lifted off somebody's shoulders today and let them laugh, let them have fun, let them enjoy one another, let them have this food and enjoy it. Bless this food and bless this fellowship in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.